0: Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat-rate, unlimited-use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30-minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. I'm so glad that you've decided to tune in today. Uh, so excited to have Joanna Lafleur with us from c 4 Church. This is a great church that you need to be following. Uh, Canadian Church on the outskirts of uh, Toronto, uh, and Joanna is the creative director there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, C4 and about your role?
2: Yeah, um, well, I'm the communications, creative communications director. Yes, um, but that's fine. Um, just because there's some other people with the word creative in their job at my church, and I, I don't do their jobs as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I only have my own. But uh, yeah, C4 is a is a church on this in the suburbs of Toronto mainly suburban vibes. So lots of families, uh, diverse types of families in our community. And um, we also have, because it's a commuting area, we also have a lot of young adults who are living with their parents and commuting into schools and work in the city. And uh, so we're a church of, a, I'd say we're a church of about 3,000 now. We have two locations. January 17, we're announcing where our third location is going to be. Uh, so we're excited about that. Excited to to launch another location, and we're just trying to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and actually, Rich, you've been a you've been a big help to us as a church in oh, in learning how to do that. And um, yeah, we're having a ton of fun. So I've been I've been part of the church myself um, in a, a tale of of two parts. I was I was a high school youth group student at the church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my old youth pastor. I, I went away to to university and lived. In another city for work and for school, and I studied business and communications. And my old youth pastor had become the senior leader of the church, uh, John Thompson. Mm-hmm. And so he calls me up one day and tells me he's got this job for me at C4. And at the time, I was doing something else and very happy doing it. But he called me a few times. It made it really, I began to pray about it. It was clear that God was doing something really quite special in that community, in mm-hmm. that church. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. inviting me to go back home to, to be part of it. So. I started my work in communications in high school ministry Mm -hmm. uh, as a teenager, and then many years later I came back. (laughs) uh, In 2010 I came back uh, to work there again, and so I've been there ever since.
0: Nice. And
2: uh, and for us in communications in the church, in the creative world, it didn't really exist when I started in 2010, um, and it became sort of a side project that became like a a legitimized piece of my job. (laughs) It became then my full job. um, And then it moved into actually becoming a full department. Mm -hmm. Um, As I think we've increasingly showed the value of great communication and and how it is uh, so significant to the whole life of a church. Um, And we've been able to grow uh, as we've kind of proved our our worth Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
2: as a department. Um, we've been able to grow as the church has also grown. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just privileged to be part of the church there.
0: That's very cool. Well, I can imagine and I know having done a bunch of that kind of work that, you know, trying to keep the, you know, I always make the air traffic controller joke to folks in communications. There's so many different messages. Churches are are – they're idea factories, and so they love to have different, you know, lots of different things happening all the time, and lots of events. And how are you kind of keeping all those planes from not smashing into the, each other in the sky, or keeping as few a number of them as possible from smashing each other into the sky, and kind of keeping everybody focused on what you need them to focus on um, at C four?
2: Yeah. Well, one of the the big and practical ways that we do that is through well, under our communication policies, we created a big document that has been revised and continues to need revision over time as we grow and change. But the, the, the main way we do that is through something we call scope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we use language of scope A, B, and C at our okay, church cool. to, yeah. to describe um, how we're going to figure out how to communicate different things. Because it's just as you say, every church— has all kinds of events, initiatives, programs, ministries. No matter the size, there's all kinds of things going on in the life of a church because we're reaching all kinds of different types of people in all kinds of ways. And so, uh, and of course, everybody has the thing that they're most passionate about and their favorite thing um, that they would love, for example, they would love the senior leader or the preaching person uh, to stand on the stage and tell the congregation why that thing is so important. And not everything, in a, in a certainly not in a church of our size, we just can't communicate everything from the stage. It would turn into like an hour of announcements. And then what, of course, that would do is that nothing, everything gets lost. If you communicate everything from the stage, nothing feels meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so we had to figure out a way of how to negotiate that and how to really, rather than playing favorite. Um, how to really fairly allocate communication resources around the church so we do that through something called scope yeah why don't we dig that apart how kind of wh- yeah. who
0: ends up in ABC how do you decide I'm sure that's all peace and goodness at c4 there's never any conflict <laughs> between the scopes but you know help me understand how that works
2: yeah so scope a scope b scope c are not exactly about the size of the ministry, they're more the scope or the breadth and strategic purpose of the event, the program, and maybe it could even be a whole ministry area. So something that's scope A for us, would be something that has church wide value and impact. Everyone in the church needs to know about it. They should or could be involved in that event program activity or ministry. So obviously a great example would be Christmas and Easter. Those would be events that we want the entire church to be involved in. And so they would be at like a scope A. A scope B would be something we describe as about 50% of people could, should, or would (laughs) want to be involved. Or strategically, we view it at that sort of 50% engagement level. So a great example of that is always something that would be like um, a men's conference or a a women's event. Literally 50% of the people cannot participate so let's figure out a way to best communicate to the 50% of people that can. And then scope C for us is um, really specific niche groups that by age and stage or by specific need, often those are care ministries, mm-hmm. things that because of what they are, only a certain group of people could possibly be invited to come. So um, if it was an event for junior high students, you only can come if you're a junior high student. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot come if you're forty-five. You cannot come uh, if you're five years old. Uh, You can't come if you're a parent. It's just for junior highs. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, maybe if it was a group for, we have something called Grief Share, you know, something for people who are are in in grief and loss in their life for some reason. And so that's a group at a scope C, not because it isn't hugely significant um, that we care for people in a time of grief and loss, but because you can only participate in the group if that's something going on in your life. Mm -hmm. And so, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I I was going to say, you know, pull pull that apart. Maybe give some examples of um you know things that may end up in different scopes and the other thing i just want to tease out is you're defining scope by you know the activity not necessarily the department area right like there are it's kind of there may be some things that are um you know that are scope c in areas that may have wide you know influence but and maybe kind of explain those two those two dynamics a little more
2: yeah for sure like something like generally a lot of the things we would do for um, like a care ministry or a support ministry p- for people who are in need in our community. Most of those activities are scope C because of the reach of that activity. Mm-hmm. But that said, at Christmas time, those activities go up to a scope A for us. They become strategic initiatives of our church that we want the entire church to be engaged with at Christmas time to be able to give, to be able to uh, even just know, even if they're not able to give their time or their resources or their money. Uh, to participate in a project for people in need. We really want them to know at Christmas time how we're engaging um, in the needs of our local community. Mm-hmm. And so we're inviting people out to various events, and that will become something that like moves up at Christmas time into, into something that we would call Scope A. And so what we're really doing when we when we move things into Scope A, Scope B, Scope C, is we're trying to be strategic. We're trying to say where are the people that we want to talk to And how best can we talk to them? How best can we talk with them, maybe? Communicate back and forth. And so, um, you know, we know even through stats of stuff like social media, if you have something that you want to communicate to guys, we just know statistically, both in our own church, but also in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, that Facebook is not a place that a lot of men hang out. Mm -hmm. But we know that a great place to reach men would be things like Twitter and emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, just face-to-face communication, talking mm-hmm. to your your buddies one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, and those would be great ways to do it. But um, so, because it's often a men's thing, might be in a scope B for us. We would see what be would be available in that list of things. You know, a scope B um, event might have a whole list of things that we we could do. We might do postcards. We have posters. We have uh, we, we might have a Facebook group, a Facebook event. There might be. Twitter, we might, I don't know, we might want to, if it was something for younger people, we might start texting everybody, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. But then we would, not only within scope, would we have a list of ways we might want to communicate that um, particular event or ministry program. But beyond that, we would say, okay, but who are the people who we want to reach? And then underneath that scope, what is the best way to reach that group of people. And so it, it moves away from favoritism is one of the best things that we found about it. It's not about, well, we just like this thing, and mm-hmm. so it's, our, it's my favorite, or it's the senior leader's favorite, um, or the person who, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know, the mm-hmm. person who complains the most is gonna get the most promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a strategic decision we made in advance in these documents about how best to communicate at each level of scope. Mm-hmm. And then we have a conversation with the ministry about how best to do it based on what's going on for them.
0: Yeah, the thing I love about that, and that's just to underline that, I love how you've, you've had this conversation kind of in the cold light of day rather than like Saturday afternoon, which happens at so many churches, Saturday afternoon, they're like there's somebody who's running an event and they're like calling around, I need to get in the announcements tomorrow like I need to who can you know whose arm do I have to bend you know what you know which ear do I have to get into uh to you know to ultimately um you know get my stage time and so I love that you're you know defining that now are there areas that you would say like say for instance I, I know in our our church um, you know student ministry it wouldn't have you know, high school students say, um, yeah, there's only high school students can participate in that. Um, but we would on occasion highlight that across the entire church because of its strategic importance. I'm, I'm assuming that you make those kinds of acceptances, you know, to the rule, you know, because you're like, hey, yeah. this is, you know, something a little bit different. We want to ensure that everyone knows about it, even though, you know, this this kind of and we would do it all the time. But as an exception to what we do, I'm assuming you do that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, well, and that's why I'm trying, when I'm talking about it, it's exactly it. I'm trying to lean away from saying, a whole ministry is scope A, scope B, or scope C. I'm trying to use the language of this event or this program or activity. Because within our senior youth or high school ministry, We might generally, that's a scope C. You have to be a high school student to participate. So we have our high school ministry pastor. He's going to communicate directly with his audience. Mm -hmm. He's going to email them. Mm -hmm. He's going to do his announcements on stage at his own event. Like he's going to get on stage at his youth nights and talk about stuff. He's going to probably have a postcard and things like that. But then sometimes there's something going on in our high school ministry that we want to elevate up to maybe a scope A. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to show a video about what's going on in youth ministry to the whole church on Sunday mornings to celebrate what God is doing there. Or, you know, maybe there's um, a huge event that we want to rally adult volunteers to come around because a thousand high school students are going to show up at our building mm-hmm. and we need all hands on deck for this, you know, citywide strategic youth event. And so that's where it's not specifically a ministry, but it's case by case yeah, that's great. on the event itself. Yeah,
0: this is great. I, I I'm hoping that there's that church leaders are leaning in today because I think you're providing some just really great practical, um, you know, feedback on how to deal. Which you know, your church gets over a hundred people, two hundred people, you get this issue, which is how, you know, there's a limited amount, um, there's a limited amount of time, a limited amount of you know, channel. Time to communicate. And I really do think that, you know, as churches grow, actually what happens is they narrow the focus on what they po- talk about publicly. That that's actually right. you want to talk less and less about, you know, all of these, you know, sub areas and you end up focusing on just a few things and you come back to those time right. and time again, um, you know, stuff that's because, ultimately pushing you forward.
2: Yeah, well, what we see is choice paralysis. Oh, yeah, if totally. you give people 10 different announcements from the stage, uh, or for for forget the stage anything even if it's an email with ten different announcements yep. in an email nobody knows quite it's overwhelming they might delete the email or yep. you're standing on the stage droning on for ten minutes about the announcements people just tune out mm-hmm. so if you say what is the most important thing today that we need to tell people and maybe one or two calls to action and people will most likely do those things mm-hmm. but of course the more you tell people the less they know what to do, and they end up usually doing none of the things. Right, no, that's <laughs> very true. at all because you told them too many things. Absolutely. And so the beauty of today, though, is that we have so many ways to communicate, and most of them are free. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it costs no money to pick up the phone and call somebody the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. It costs no money to look somebody in the eye, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm doing this event and I really think you need to be involved and here's why. Mm -hmm. Or it costs, you know, very little money and time and effort. It costs time and effort, of course, but in terms of financial costs and small budgets that most people have, even if you're in a large church, Mm you always have budget constraints. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so with things like social media, with things like old-fashioned, face-to-face, human interaction. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways that we can continue to communicate with people more than ever because now we can reach them throughout the week as well through digital communication. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't just have to be on a stage from the senior leader on a Sunday morning.
0: Very cool. This has uh, been great, super helpful. Is there anything else you want to share before we move on with the rest of uh, the episode?
2: Yeah, I just the only thing just to reemphasize out of that is I think if you plan ahead Whatever you call it, if, if you use Scope A, Scope B, Scope C, or whatever you do, whatever the communication plan is, I think if you've made a decision and written it down ahead of time, like that you maybe have, even if it's a one-page Word document mm-hmm. that has some decisions that have been made in the clear light of day, non-emotionally, about how we communicate things as a church, then when you enter into a difficult conversation or maybe an emotional conversation or one that you might even be tempted to be biased yourself. Mm -hmm. It allows you to think more clearly Mm -hmm. and it allows you to more fairly allocate resources that that are always in some limited supply.
1: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're gonna jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of
0: everybody that's on the show. Super honored to have Joanna LaFleur with us from C4 Church. Great conversation uh, today. Joanna, what is an online resource that you're using these days that's helping you
2: um you know i'm always surprised how how i continue to talk to people who don't know about something called canva canva.com oh, yeah,
0: amazing yes tell us about and it. it's so great
2: i maybe your listeners all are like yeah this is old news but i find that i keep meeting people who have never heard of it so yeah. canva is basically graphic design for dummies it yep. creates all these templates for you whether that's an instagram post or it's um a Facebook thing or it's a poster or a postcard you want to do or an even like an email template mm-hmm. and what it allows you to do is be somewhat with someone with very little sense of how to do graphic design mm-hmm. and you can drag and drop pictures and text into it and make it look really nice and it's free for churches.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So Canva's a great you can tool.
2: apply, canva.com, you can apply to use it for free if you're a church. Yeah, Another thing cool. that I'm loving right now is something called Grum, G-R-U-M.co, mm-hmm. and it's just something that we're using to, to schedule our Instagram in advance. There's a few other tools that people use, mm-hmm. uh, but we're loving Grum for that, and it's really cheap. And actually, um, they do deals every once in a while where you can have a lifetime subscription for 25 bucks.
0: <laughs> nice. Great. So keep so wait for that when it comes around. <laughs> What's a book you've yeah. read in the last 6 months, I don't know, maybe to a year that's that's had an impact in your thinking in ministry?
2: Yeah, actually something not out of non-ministry related that I've really loved is Creativity Inc. Mm, great book. It's a, it's a book by the guy who leads at Disney All Things Creative. Mm-hmm. And I think whether you're in a creative sphere of church or not, it's great Thinking on leadership, Mm -hmm. on mobilizing teams, on bringing renewal to teams that are dying, Mm -hmm. and um, thinking through how, as a leader, to structure teams and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. It's a great, and and we all love Disney. Uh. We all Disney movies. (laughs) So you get a little bit of a behind the scenes peek into how some of that stuff that we've all seen has come together.
0: Yeah, it's a great book. I love the opening of it. I'm not giving anything away. So, uh, <laughs> But Ed, Ed Catmull is the guy who wrote it and he tells us, it starts out with this amazing story about how basically him and John Lasseter's lifelong dream was to make a full length um, you know, 3D animated feature. And what happens is they the book starts with the opening of Toy Story. And then it's a little bit of like, okay, so we've done our dream. Now what? <laughs> you know, wow. like, and then yeah. it tells the story of how, you know, ultimately, you know, Ed particularly gave himself to building, you know, not only just creative works, but an, an organization that builds, which they've gone on, obviously, Pixar and has gone on to be incredibly popular. And, you know, I think they have 14 number one movies in a row, which is un- odd, historically unprecedented. So that's cool. That's a great book. Uh, what's another ministry that you're looking to these days that inspires you?
2: Well... You know, most recently, I I spent a bit of time um, with something called Movement Day in New York City, Mm -hmm. and um, it's basically a gathering of churches from across the city, and so it's not a church, although Tim Keller, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's Redeemer Presbyterian is the name of his church, is one of the leaders of this initiative, but but it's a group of churches across the whole island of New York Mm -hmm. and into the Bronx, Mm -hmm. into Brooklyn, but... uh, they're they're doing some amazing things that I think we need to pay attention to because they're all different. They're all different kinds of churches, but they're coming together in prayer and unity for the purpose and the cause of their city. So in the last 20 years, they've seen something insane, like 500% growth in mm-hmm. their churches in New York. Mm-hmm. And not because they all became the same, mm-hmm. uh, but because they all decided to work together and to pray together. And mm-hmm. so something that I've been really inspired by even in the last few months, about how can we look to a model of other churches that are joining together um, to pray for one another, to cheer one another on, and to Mm -hmm. strategize together Mm -hmm. for the purpose of their city. And they've seen, obviously, 500% growth in church is unbelievable. Mm. So there's a lot for us to learn there.
0: So fun. Uh, If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, who would you want to get that with and why?
2: Oh, fifteen minutes with any leader alive. Yes. You know, that's a great question. I think <laughs> I I think that's almost impossible for me to answer because <laughs> there's so there's so many people that I admire. But I think I'd probably want to get in the room with like a creative leader from a large church like a hillsong or an elevation. And uh, not because we're exactly the same as them, but because I think they've solved a lot of problems that we are gonna, but we're gonna solve in the near future. We're gonna need to solve and I would wanna learn how to do it from one of those big churches that does it in a uh, really creative ways. Cool.
0: Well, I appreciate you being on the show. I know being uh, in your role takes a lot out. It's a lot of energy. When you just wanna kick back, relax, do, you know, do something fun, what does what is, what is Joanna do?
2: Yeah, I I'm a I live in the center of Toronto in a big city. So I love being in the city. I love just getting out into the atmosphere of the city. There's always something to do in a city. Mm-hmm. You know, par- par- parades, festivals, food. But, you know, on a normal on a normal day off, I'm going to go out, go grab a good coffee and I'm probably going to drive around in my Mini Cooper somewhere and meet up with some friends. I love to travel. I've been to about 35, maybe 35-40 different countries around the world. I try to Very get cool. out Canada as often as I can.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, c4church.com is the church. Uh, JoannaLafleur.com is me. Mm -hmm. And um, on there, I I have some of these resources that we just even talked about today. If people want to look for things about scope, people want to know some of my favorite tools that I use uh, to do my job, they're all on there. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much.